0: Up internet. Ask not your country what you could do for it. Ask what you could do for yourself. You know, my name is Matthew Kroll.
1: and uh your diction could do with a little finissing. My name is Shahir Dowd,
0: and this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Green Book, not to
1: be confused with Green Room,
0: Room. That's which r- is a very different film. Yeah, not a lot of. Was there a lot
1: of? No, there was a lot of racism. Well, there was in a Green, lot of racism, racism yeah, in that as no, well. That's the commonality is racism. Yes, uh, just is different. The, is is that what? The Green Lantern's about. Uh, (laughs) Is Green Lantern about racism and yellow is the uh, is the and no yellow yellow
0: yellow's fear. Yeah, but but also Green Lantern. I mean, uh, no, I don't think so. I was trying to make the correlation. I I don't really. Lantern was really just racism. I mean, well. (laughs) I mean they do hate the black lanterns. Oh, there you go. Oh, See, no. See part of the cinematic universe oh, of, uh, well, the of the DC. color gr- no, the color green. Oh, the, the green cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying oh. to think what other
1: movies with the color green there we could. Now, let's keep let's move on. Uh we are doing Green Book because of ghosts uh, uh because of course it is late. Uh
0: because <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> if, if you notice my beginning was a little bit quieter than usual because we're recording this around midnight yeah. and I'm
1: trying to be a good neighbor. <laughs> uh, because of course Um, The Oscar nominations have just come out And and as we noted before, Green Room won Best Picture uh, Drama uh, No, did it win It won Best Comedy or Musical at the Golden Globes (laughs) And Bohemian Rhapsody won Best Drama (laughs) Great. <laughs> yeah, So and it has just recently been nominated for an Oscar. So we felt it was imperative, like last year, to cover off all the Oscar-nominated films.
0: Let it be known no, let, from the beginning, I be. really wanted to see this movie.
1: That's true. You did want to see this movie. I forgot about it. I think we should talk about where our... Because I was a little apprehensive about it.
0: You were. It. I yeah. believe, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah. Of course, I'm gonna, and I yeah. love doing that. Go ahead. Jam uh, you were Jam like them in there. You, you said something along the lines of, I don't really want to see it because I kind of think I know where it's going. Right. And I, we talked about that a little bit. We could talk about it more. Uh, you know what? Yeah, we're gonna, yeah we are gonna. Yeah,
1: should bring that up. Yeah. We should br- totally bring that up because I think that's going to be an interesting uh, topic point. Uh, first off, before... Okay, so we are doing Green Room. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the image of the podcast It has been nominated for Best Picture. There are a number of other films that have been nominated for Best Picture. The only one aside from Green Book that we haven't done at this point is Vice. So I guess we will have to do Vice in order to be completionist, I've right? seen it. You've, I haven't seen it
0: yet. So oh my god! Have I seen all the noms? And, I believe it, and you, and you have. Haven't?
1: Well, okay. So if you've seen all the noms, here are the here are the nominees for best picture at the Oscars at the 2019 Oscars, and they are Black Panther, seen it; Black Klansman, seen it; Bohemian Rhapsody, seen it; The Favorite, seen it. I, we, we know with this. Green Book, I'm going to say it, seen it. Yeah, Roma, seen it. A Star Is Born, seen it. And Vice. So my question to
0: you is.
1: What is your favorite uh, to to uh, win Best Picture at this point, having seen all the films?
0: Do you really need to ask me that? Are you oh, Black Panther. Here's the deal.
1: Okay, <laughs> it's, it's
0: it's funny because I no, I didn't even think about that. Uh, okay. That film is amazing as a film. It is. It's in its in its a genre of superhero. There's no question about that. Okay. Um. But the fact that it is nominated, I don't think it's going to win. Okay, yeah, I think no, no. it should win. Okay, I think no. no. What what do you want to win? Oh, Black Panther. You want Black Panther? Yeah. Do you think Black Panther is the best picture amongst those
1: amongst those nominees?
0: I think uh, if we are going to use the term "best picture" as the as the most effective film for the most amount of people, okay. yes. Okay. Uh, the, if we want to talk Bahamian about and like, Rhapsody made more money. I think. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> It's, Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't like a cultural touchpoint. I'm I'm just saying for m- effectiveness for people. I, I, no, know. I, I, well, I, effectiveness I, doesn't necessarily yeah. mean monetary, right? Um,
1: no, I might be wrong about that. As yeah, I, think and I don't Black know. If, made, yeah, made I think a Black Panther dollars. probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: but the Star did pretty well. But then. there are films that I would say are more, um, artfully crafted on that list. But I I think if you wanna. This is the weird thing about calling something best. Yeah. (laughs) Because you are you are putting value on a lot of different variables and rolling it into a ball and praying your math is right so it's it's hard to say but you're so, saying it's subjective yes okay. and and due to and the in, fact that in, it is subjective yeah uh I'm if you hedge all of those sort of subjective uh, variables together yeah I would say that Black Panther is the best
1: film uh, of okay which was your favorite film of those is, is, oh. so it's, it's, that's what I, I guess that's what I'm trying to get at is what which is the one you like because nobody cares what we think anyway that's true uh, Which would you pick for best picture? If it is Black Panther, that's fine. I'm just I'm asking. It the might
0: be Black Panther. Yeah. I don't know. Here's the other thing. I, I might go complete opposite. The favorite was was very very good. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about that more. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, okay. haven't given much thought. I just saw that Black Panther was nominated, and I, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the sound you made when when it came up? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. I mean, I can't, <laughs> I can't, uh, d- you know, do anything else. <laughs> you should make that a ringtone. Um, good. But
1: uh, uh, aside from that, as well, we also did get a number of emails and tweets. Wait, what's
0: that... yours? Well, you, you can't.
1: Just... I haven't seen Vice.
0: So other than Vice.
1: Okay, if I took Vice out of it, I would go
0: Roma or the favorite.
1: Okay, I would All go right. one of those
0: two. Okay. Um, yeah. I, uh, I'll bet you one American doll hair that Vice will not be your yeah. <laughs> your favorite. I haven't here. I haven't seen it. I'm I'm willing to go in with uh
1: with open arms and and see where that takes me. Um, but we do have a couple of emails and comments and responses to a couple of episodes that we've had recently. Thank wow. you so much for that. We do appreciate all of those. Yeah, thanks everybody. Um, if you are interested in uh, getting in touch with us, you can email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or you could hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod. As did Haley who, em- who Tweeted us, sorry, uh, and uh, with this comment about about Bohemian Rhapsody. Just finished your Bohemian Aps- uh, Rhapsody episode. Don't worry, I don't hate you. There's a backstory to that, which, I'll, which I'll get to. But Cher here was right about the live aid scene. According to interviews, that was the first thing they shot, so it was probably the most singery one in the film. Um, I just didn't see it. You didn't see that as being a Brian Singer scene, not really. Really, the the the, swoop, the the digital swoop under the piano into a guitar flick, the the moving camera side to side with the piano. Um, a the, lot the, of people the, are doing the, good stuff. The these digital days. CGI crowds that that the camera zooms and swoops across. You didn't see that as a Brian Singer? Not
0: really. Again, it's- I don't really pay attention to Brian Singer anymore. But okay. like even in the past, I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't see it. I mean, again, mm-hmm. uh, if Haley is correct and I'm sure that they are uh, mm-hmm. that that is that is true, I just didn't I don't know. We
1: we uh, and this is uh episode 199, I believe. <gasps> episode 200 is at this point confirmed to be a separating art from the artist episode, so I believe... It's like we,
0: 98% Yeah, confirmed. I
1: believe we will be coming back to this topic. Thank you again for that yeah. uh, tweet, Haley. Uh, who else uh, emailed us in about Bohemian Laura, Rhapsody? Laura, a
0: friend of the show, Laura wrote us in and said, Bohemian Rhapsody uh, has baffled me. As a cinema worker, I'm just going to throw that in there every now and then in these emails, she says, it's been a long time since I've seen a movie just so consistently do so well. Uh, It's sessions consistently sell, and people seem to love it. The only customers I come across who don't like it are the ones that are big-time Queen fans who don't like the dishonest portrayal. Uh, This, she thinks, proves that this movie isn't really for Queen fans. I think I kind of would agree with that, Uh, and actually relies on its audience members being made up of people who hear Queen come on the radio or at a party and enjoy what they hear. And because of this, uh, I I think that Bohemian Rhapsody falls into a trope uh, that I am noticing a lot in popular films lately. And it goes on uh, for a bit. Mm -hmm. But then the the culmination of this, which I actually very much uh, agreed with, um, saying that the most frustrating part of this is that it somehow works. People remember enjoying the moments and they don't seem to care for the laziness or the incredibly inaccurate biopic storyline. Because at the end of the day, they just have fun. And... uh, yeah, I, mean, I believe
1: you said that during the episode. I think that was your point during the episode as well.
0: Well, I, again, I, 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 you know, I love me my food analogies, and uh, that is hundred uh, percent a very fast foodish type uh, view of anything, right. in my opinion. So, uh, yes, uh, Laura, I a hundred percent agree. Thank you for the email.
1: Okay, and then fi- uh well, actually a little bit more. Uh, we we got into some. Uh, uh, conversations about If Beale Street Could Talk. And this is from a friend of mine per, uh, who emailed me personally about this, uh, Mina from the UK who... Uh, so you're just going to read the personal email. I'm just going to read the personal email. Um, but Mina is a very, very smart person who uh, whose uh, commentary I really enjoy. So I just wanted to uh, add this in there. Listening to the episode uh, of the podcast about If Beale Street Could Talk, I just get the sense that you guys missed a pretty important point. The majority of the film is a memory. This is a 19 Year-old girl recalling a stressful time, uh, the time she fell in love, and all of these mixed emotions. That's why some of the characters are two-dimensional. Uh, if you recall from that episode, we that was kind of a
0: a complaint we had about that film, uh, because I the... actually felt it was a strength. I didn't complain about that. Oh, because I... I was using the term. I was I was equating it to mythology and how right, characters right. like okay. that are like. Okay, yes. all right.
1: So, um, so for you it was a strength for me. I think it was a, a little bit of a hindrance because. Uh, uh, and as for Mina, uh, they. Uh, these are the people as Tish remembers who they uh, remembers them. Uh, how Tish remembers them. I uh, think the cop who has no humanity because he is the monster in her life. Daniel is so important because he wants so desperately for him to be a solid alibi, so he's elevated. I genuinely love this film, and I think uh, Barry Jenkins did a brilliant uh, adaptation of the book. Um, I I do slightly disagree with that, but although the book and the film start out as memory, they do tr- they do travel into areas that aren't Tish's memories. Um, so. I don't necessarily agree with it. Well, I guess you could say there are the the parts that aren't Tish's memories are poetic licenses on, on
0: Tish's part. Was there anything other than her occasionally narrating that let us know in the film that it is Tish's memories? I mean, those narrations are kind of key to it. But the the but
1: there fil- are there... the film goes into a lot of scenes that Tish wouldn't be privy to. Right, but... and and I think what Mina is saying is that they those scenes in her mind were estimations based on Tish's point of view oh but i kind of feel i and i i i agree with you know i like mina's point and i think it's a good way to read the film i just i don't necessarily agree and i still think it was problematic for me though i still think if beale street could talk was a beautiful movie
0: oh of course yeah Uh, I i didn't uh to be honest i didn't even really uh take into account that it could be a memory like i get from a purely like yes let's make sense of everything structure uh that sort of narrative would normally allow uh, sorry, that sort of uh, voiceover would normally point towards a memory, yeah. but there's never any. Normally, when that happens, you get to a point in the film where, uh, if another film is doing this, let's say, where we're now in the present, and it like comes out of that, and then you don't hear the narration again. And that didn't really happen here.
1: In, in the book, it is much stronger, right, But I'm saying in the film because is, I didn't read yeah, the book. Yeah, no, no. I'm saying it is much clearer uh, 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 a recounting Tish's, uh, from Tisha's point of view. So, uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting point uh, that may have uh, affected us.
0: well speak Speaking mm-hmm. of uh, reading the book, uh, our friend Stephen wrote in on Facebook uh, <laughs> on the on the greatest book ever written by humans. Um, Isn't it ironic that Shahir, the guy who actively avoids trailers, read the book before seeing the movie?
1: To which I say. Uh, isn't it ironic? It's like rain on your wedding
0: day. Yes, um, that was your response. We, yeah. we all saw it. Oh, did we? Because
1: <laughs> our Facebook page is a hot bit of activity. If you'd like to
0: write <laughs> us in on our Facebook page, you can go to the Only Podcast About Movies. It's on Facebook, or you can email us in if you have other things to say about any of the films uh, we talk about today, we've talked about in the past, or we haven't even talked about yet, at wow. OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com or hit us up at OnlyMoviePod on Twitter. And if they wanted to, Shahir, to give us any sort of star rating or or a star rating? Where <laughs> could they possibly do that?
1: Uh, you could do that on iTunes. I wish you could do that on Spotify, but I don't believe you can. Uh, so iTunes reviews are muchly appreciated. Muchly? Is that what I just Let's said? Let's go with it's it. Midnight. Um, <laughs> it's midnight. Okay. It's past midnight, my friend. Yeah. Uh, so, Green Book, you were excited about this movie. Tell, was, me, why, well, tell me why you are excited about this movie. Because
0: the trailer, uh, I love... Odd Couples. Okay. Uh, and this movie looked like it balanced uh, some sort of classical, odd couple-y stuff with some poignant social messaging. Okay. And uh, it just looked like uh, two great tastes that probably go great together, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought the trailer was effective. I know you didn't watch it, mm-hmm. um, which, which, again, I guess I kind of have to ask, if you didn't watch the trailer, mm-hmm. then how did you judge it and think you thought it would be same-samey? Um, because of the odd pairing. But how did you know about the odd
1: pairing? Did you read about it? Uh, yeah oh, just okay, just because I don't watch the trail doesn't mean I don't know films exist. I am you know, I work in the film industry and I am a film critic. Sure. So
0: I'm just saying like uh, it, you, are you saying that all odd couple films feel the same? There is um, or the
1: formula. There is a particular trope in American cinema um, that I think has probably been mentioned al- around this film uh, a lot, the magical Negro to- trope. Yes. Have you heard of that yes, trope? Yes, yes, yes. Of uh, kind of uh, famously coined by Spike Lee as he did a, a speaking tour about, uh, or you know, a series of lectures on on the way uh, African Americans are represented on screen. And so the the trope of the magical Negro, um, which I don't necessarily think this film falls entirely into, but but... When I knew what the film was, I kind of immediately thought of that. Mm-hmm. Um, is the idea that that um, an African American person will save a white person from for some reason? And 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 what we will see in that in that storyline typically is the African American person I- exists in a film solely for the benefit of the of the right. white person. Yes, that, that is the trope that, is, as I understand yeah, it, yeah, that is the trope. It's many films. The you know, uh, I think probably the most famous one that you could point to is a film like The Legend of of Bags. I was just going to say yeah. <laughs> uh, but a film like The Green Mile, um, you you know people have argued even in La La Land, John John Legend's character who is the j- the save or who knows jazz the best is the is the is the is there to benefit Ryan Gosling's oh, savior Oh of course of jazz. because he is a savior yeah. of jazz. Um and then Driving Miss Daisy. And I think, you know, my when I saw what the film was, uh you know, my brain just kind of leapt to um, kind of a reverse driving Miss Daisy. Um, and and I you know, and I said to you as well, I'm willing to see the film. I'm just not that excited by the film.
0: It's very rare that I put a film across your desk uh, that is not superhero related, and you're like, nah. But I, I wasn't, nah, I was like, I'm just not that
1: excited well, about you, this movie. Well,
0: you were like, nah, only because, not yeah. because you didn't want to see it, but because yeah. you only have so many movie-seeing hours in a day, yeah. and you had other things you were more excited for. I was, there are other things I was
1: much more excited about. And I, you know, again, the not, uh, I, I wanted to, because you were so excited to see this film, I wanted to enter it with a kind of open mind about it. Unfortunately, that open mind is very difficult uh, right now with the, the, the kind of, controversial backlash this film is is receiving. And I think even just to kind of uh, give you a little sprinkling of what I think is the issue here is that uh, this is a, a sort of a small film that is being elevated into a position in culture that maybe is is magnifying issues around it that I don't necessarily think are that problematic, but it's the elevation of it into that into that point in popular culture, i.e. being nominated for Best Picture. And, right. that, and there is a number of... Recent films like this, like *The Help*, uh, like *Hidden Figures*, that kind of feel like what this film is going to do. And I think the issue there, I guess, to sort of point it to, is in a year when *Black Klansmen, if Beale Street could talk, in a, you know recent years *Moonlight* has come out, in a year, in years when we are existing in a discussion around black excellence, uh-huh. a film like this, just on the surface level, before I even saw the film, kind of felt. Like from a different era, sure. and and that was just my you know I'll, I'll I'll be honest about it again I didn't want to bring that to the film I wanted to watch the film with an open open mind but if you're asking me why I had hesitation about it that is definitely one of the things uh, and I think the it's not necessarily the magical Negro trope that that affix me so much but it's knowing that that. There is a mis imbalance in representation, uh, and you know I'm a minority, so I feel that imbalance, right. and I see it, and I think about it a lot.
0: Well, I was familiar with the with the trope that you mentioned before, and when I saw this trailer in the beginning of it, I was like, "Oh, that's what this is going to be." But then, as the trailer sort of went on, I was like, "Oh, this fr- this seems like, and it has the opportunity to sort of buck that trend a little bit, even though it is set up." In that exact sort of way, yeah. So that was what I was excited about. <clears throat> excuse me, going in, mm. um, because it, it and even beyond that, it just seemed like two characters that I would like to spend some time with, right? Um, so I was hoping as we as we uh, entered I- mm. into this little cinematic adventure that uh, my my suspicions would be correct. I guess I guess the only thing about that as well, is
1: that I think if you're going to play in that territory, you should have something profound to say. And I think what I got the impression of is that this would be a film about conquering racism in 1962. And I'm not sure that this film would be capable of doing that.
0: Um, I think the... Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, no yeah. one's conquered racism yet. Yeah. Um, but the... I, I don't think this is a film that was ever with or at least the story that I was presented with even in the trailers ever even said that to me. To uh, an African American man and a white man going deep south with the green book is going to is eating, going, sharing is going, fried chicken. Is going to conquer racism? No, that's I'm, that's no literally. I'm saying that's what the film's gonna deal with though, right? It's going to deal with racism, of yeah. course, but it's not going to conquer it. What it's going to do, hopefully, yeah. uh and we can discuss how ac- how well it did this uh yeah. going forward, is uh tackling sort of is rather than using the term like conquer racism uh use the term of of sort of changing uh characters ideas of what people of other races are right that is sort of it's doing a it's a it's a micro not a macro right and I, that and is I the, never and
1: that to me is also that that kind of um African American man or man of color existing for the purpose of another. Human and movie, I hundred percent I mean? agree that yeah. that
0: that is the trope as it as it yeah. as it is normally done. Yeah. I think this movie falls into that part sometimes, but I think there's a lot of sort of counterbalance to it. Yeah. Um. After seeing it, um. And I was hoping I I had the hint of that in the trailer, and I was hoping that that would be the case. And in some cases, it was. Yeah. Um. I definitely can see both sides of that argument of, right. of but that, i mean and again uh, that's just the
1: reason why i kind of there's a little bit of a i guess a shoulder tinge or something like that when i saw what the film was about and you know and that that i I'll be honest that's me bringing a prejudice to the film which yeah which yeah. is fine we all do that yeah uh that's mm-hmm. yeah so, so that's that's why if you're asking me the question why
0: I wasn't super excited right, about right, the movie, right. gotcha, that, gotcha, that's gotcha. why I
1: wasn't super excited. I,
0: and this is one of those rare cases where I feel. Have you watched the trailer since? No, I no, haven't. you haven't. No. Uh, I'd be interested maybe in later next week or something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, if you watched the trailer i know it's hard to do now that you've seen the film etc but like i wonder if the trailer would have abated or given you hope that the film might not do the things you were worried that it would do as it did me right um because again uh, the, the yeah if if you told me the story of what this is i'd be like oh yeah this movie is like whatever like mm. but there was something a little bit special about the trailer okay um and it got me uh more excited for it than I think
1: I had seen like maybe the first 10 seconds of the trailer well,
0: we, I mean I mean enough
1: to kind of like know that's what the film was uh, okay. uh, but I haven't seen the trailer yeah. I mean you know um so tell us what green book is about
0: oh i thought you'd never ask <laughs> a working class Italian-American bouncer becoming the driver of an African-American classical, classical 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 pianist on a tour of venues through the 1960s American South okay that's a uh i think they use a an additional pronoun in there that they probably shouldn't have. I'm. I'm.
1: It's. It's late, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But yes. So the film is about uh Dr. Don Shirley, his famous pianist, uh, who and his driver uh, by the name. Well, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, uh, just refresh my memory. Uh, Viggo Morgenstein's character's name. Tony. Was, Tony. Tony. The Tony lip. lip. Tony. Not, the lip. Not the lip. And Just the, lip, the Tony Lip. The interesting thing about this film, as well, is it's written by Tony Lip's son, uh, Nick Villanova, uh Villanogo. Is that how do you say it? I, I should know this. Valalonga, Valalonga. I should uh, Nick the Lip.
0: <laughs> it's not the. <laughs> it's
1: Nick Lip. Nick Lip. There you go. No, uh, written by his son,
0: um, based it's upon. Not Nick either. It's Tony. We both fucked that up. Wait, you... I've been saying Tony beforehand. You just said no, no. I the
1: the son Nick.
0: Oh, wrote... I fucked it up then. So oh, so Nick. He might not be the lip though. No, he's not the lip. I was okay. I was trying to make a joke and you and you didn't. It's hear okay. Me. We're back on
1: track. Okay, it's midnight. Uh, let's see if we can do this. Le- 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 deep le- le- you know, deep breath. Let's shake it off. <laughs> and we're back. Are you back?
0: I'm not. Back. I'm like three hours oh, yeah. earlier. Yeah. yeah
1: okay. <laughs> So um, this is a tour of uh, the Deep South in 1962, uh, with the, the title of the Green Book. So the title of the Green Book should tell you something about the context with which this journey is going to take place, which is that it has to do with um, the the lack of safe space for African American travelers in the Deep South, which is what the book, the Green Book, was designed to um, mitigate in some way by offering travelers who are tra- who happen to be traveling. Uh, some sense of where would be a safe place and how to avoid sundown towns, and then sundown towns, which are mentioned in this film, are towns where African Americans weren't allowed out uh, after sundown. Um, and there's a really great um, uh, little short piece uh, on Vox about the history of the Green Book and and how it came to be and what it meant. I believe and I watched that. Yeah, yeah it's it's really it's really fascinating, and it kind of it the the point that the 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 Vox doc uh, highlights is the the 1960s notion, um, you know, the Route 66, the traveling across the the continent in vehicles, the the sort of creation of disposable income post World War II is something that uh, that American history likes to mythologize um, and likes to likes to promote as a, as a sort of time of. Uh, exuberant um, adventure mm-hmm. and discovery of the American Midwest and, and South. But unfortunately, that was not something that was shared by all citizens of America. Yes. Um, and for the case of uh, the reason why Green Book is a fascinating idea is that um, it. Is about a man, is about, yes, the oddest pairing of people you can imagine. One is a PhD in psychology and uh, a an claimed classical pianist, and the other is um, uh, a guy from the Bronx. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a guy from the Bronx. He's pretty, a bouncer. Yeah. He's a bouncer at the Copa. Yeah, a bouncer at the Copa. Um, and I will say this about the film. Uh, in in my initial readings. Now again, this is one of those situations where we have just watched the movie. Oh like, yeah. Like like literally about, We got
0: off my couch about thirty minutes ago. And then we walked in the in the <laughs> studio and and we just went. That's a cool story, bro. I <laughs> And then when we were done wenting, we started the we started the podcast.
1: Okay. All right. Um I will say this. I don't think the film is as offensive as many think pieces would suggest this film is at this point. I think it's a fairly inoffensive film about a complicated story. But I do think, unfortunately, there is a desire to move past these kinds of stories. And and, and I'm, I'm reminded by a bit that Chris Rock had. Uh, Chris Rock did uh, 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 I, I can't remember which special it had, but he talked about moving into his uh, into his neighborhood in New Jersey, and he mentioned the fact that he, you know, humbly so, is one of the most significant African American comedians or comedians uh, since Eddie Murphy. You know, sure. he believed in, he he you know had earned that place in history. Um, and the other African American person who lived in his neighborhood was Jay Z. And then he made the comment that his neighbor was a dentist. And you know, the idea there was that he had to be exceptional to move into that neighborhood where the other person had to be a dentist. Um, and I think the reason I have some reticence about this film is the point of view. Um, and and it has to do with the this extraordinary man being the secondary character to an ordinary man, um, and and it feeling a little bit, I, I don't, I, the uh, what's the word? I guess imbalance is the word, but that has that, that is also, what I'm saying is problematic because that has to do with the film I kind of want to see versus the film I did see. Well, that's never stopped you before. Yeah, that's never stopped me before. And I think the problem is with the film that I did see was as I kind of predicted it to be in my estimation, again, with, with Heavy Prejudice, um, fairly typical of what I expected it was going to be. Um, to the point where I kind of knew where it was ending. I knew where it was going. I knew the conflicts that would arise. Um, and I didn't feel very surprised by a lot of this film. Sure. Um, I felt it kind of... Uh, yeah, just, just you know, it, it... it, This will sound more pejorative than it is, and I think this has to do with just having seen it, but it coasts along just fine.
0: Uh, yeah, it, you, work, it works thematically. It,
1: it, it coasts along just fine.
0: Um, I... I think here's the thing. Well, I I disagree with. Well, actually, you kind of took it back a little bit too. I don't think the film is uh, unbalanced. What I think it is, and I think is the reason why it's getting so much blowback,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is while it does buck many of the the tropes uh, we 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 talked about in the beginning, the issue I have with it, and this is gonna be weird. So follow me down this rabbit hole is I, I, at the end of it, and even during it, I was like, who is this film for? Right. Doesn't feel like it's for African Americans. No. <laughs> it feels like it's for white dudes. And it's written, it's written, and I And, yeah. and, and, and I, look, yeah. I, everyone can make any art that they want to do as long as they're not hurting anybody, and I, I was like, I bet you this is a white dude in his 50s who directed this film, and I looked it up, and no, Peter no, Peter Farley. Peter Farley, yeah, yeah. So, so like, the director of Dumb and Dumber. Yes. <laughs> Who was on a Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me uh, recently, and it was very, very funny. Yeah. Um, I like Dumb and Dumber, by but way. Oh, Dumb and Dumber's great. Yeah. Uh, the two mm. sequels or prequel or whatever. I haven't seen that. <laughs> uh, don't. So, um, I, and, and that to me is the most problematic part. Mm. Now, I have a counter argument to that argument, which I'll bring up later when it sort of comes up, but I don't actually know which side of that I fall into. Well, I think you should bring it up now cuz that's too tr- that's too cryptic not to bring up now. Uh okay. Um so while I do think that one of the problematic things is this is a uh odd couple thing dealing with race that at the end of the day is designed to make white people feel good. Yeah. Um which I think is problematic. Yeah. The thing I think it could do is actually because, again, even going back to – honestly, even going back to uh, to our emails about, like, stories that are sort of simple, getting – like, uh, at least getting the attention more than complex stories, mm-hmm. a film like this in a weird way could affect people in a positive way. And by this, I mean cha- helping to change the ideas of certain – white people and this is why this is why I'm saying this Uh, I saw in the character of Tony a lot of the adult men that I grew up with Mm -hmm. and it's not that I think that they were ever well no they were racist they were just racist in like what what would be considered like a non-violent way if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah casual casually racist. casually racist yeah um, but I noticed throughout my life, especially growing up that all it took, and this is no, I'm not going to blow anyone's mind with this statement, mm-hmm. but all it took to obey that, which was probably built in from their parents was interacting with a person from another background
1: mm-hmm.
0: at a regular basis. Um, and the second that happened, I even watched people in my life growing up, like change their tune, mm. Um, obviously, a film is no exe- no um, substitute for that, mm-hmm. but it might be able to. And I don't know if it, this is enough good to to sort of uh, disperse the sort of the negative of what I said before. Mm-hmm. But it it could help certain people in that way take the first step to being a little less of a dick. Um, here's my question to you. Yeah, do you think that? That
1: African Americans need to mitigate the extraordinary things that people have done in order to placate white people who might be racist. Uh no. And do you, and because this is a film, like for example, Driving Miss Daisy exists because the Legion of Bag Advance right, is because other movies exist. Do we need to keep doing this for the sake of white people who might be racist? Um,
0: it's interesting. I don't. I, the 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 short answer is no. The yeah. longer answer would be how much. How, how societally beneficial is it to help stupid people stop being racist? Let me put it to you this way. We have, uh, and I, I hate putting
1: it in these terms, uh, and this is barring the title of Tinahasi Coat's Coates' book, uh, We Had Eight Years in Power. Sure. Um, which is that we had the most extraordinary African-American president who was a, uh, a Harvard law professor in, in constitutional law, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like the most qualified man to probably have taken the taken did, the office. And we did that pendulum swing. And we did that pendulum swing into a man who accused that person of not being an American for his entire, you know, I'm holding on my fingers here, political career. Do we really need to diminish or not not fully celebrate the life of Don Shirley just to placate people who might, and have, that's where it
0: gets more complicated. It, because and, I, and
1: I say that because Nick Villalonga uh, has uh, was famously recently one of the things that came out after the because of this film is that he was he would retweet, retweeted Donald Trump about his claim that Muslims were uh, uh, you know like dancing in the street in New Jersey, and I you know like you know what I mean? We, so so here's the here's the yeah. here's
0: the shitty part. I mean, there's lots of shitty parts, yeah. but the the. The fact that it's real people makes it more problematic. Okay. Uh, Because it's exactly what you just said. We we are ignoring the greatness of one person, the African-American person, and sort of probably elevating the personality of the white person. Uh, Rather, again, and I'm going, I'm literally going, uh, assuming this based on the fact that he retweeted a, a, a Trump tweet about about. He, he has a sense apologize for it but I think it's well you know right like, yeah. but this whole story is about how he's supposed to be learning and apparently he didn't yeah so that that to me is uh, a, a more damning thing and, and it makes it makes sort of swallowing the message that this film is trying to bat to the cheap seats yep. I will say uh harder to take um it the messaging of the film isn't incorrect
1: like you know like yes we should we should be accepting of other people we need to come together and you know yada 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 yeah but that is a message that ignores the historic inequality that exists a hundred percent you know in a way that is profoundly misrepresentative of like the horror the i the idea of like having to leave your you know not be outside at sundown in in the South, while being doc, while being Doctor Don Shirley, is that's a horror movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not a buddy. It's not a, It doesn't strike me. Unle- if you're gonna do a buddy, goofy. I don't
0: know, think this movie is particularly
1: goofy. It, it it is kind of a goofy comedy, right? Like it is a comedy. Uh, uh, if you're gonna I mean, do if, funny parts, I if you're gonna do, it if comedy. you're gonna
0: do a goofy buddy flick, which I don't uh, think this is a goofy buddy flick. You, what, what is it then? That's a drama. You, you it's straight a drama, up drama. It's a drama with comedy in it in certain parts. I wouldn't call it like it's 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 a the I, again I, I so, so when you say buddy comedy I think Dumb and Dumber right. when when you say something like this I would say Odd Couple. That's sort of the which was a comedy. What, yes, but it's not.
1: It, it's 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 not like. It, it, Are you getting it, into semantics about comedy versus drama here?
0: Like do, do you could it could you in the in your On is, the spectrum of right, this versus, film. I you, would say this is probably about if we want to get super technical, I would say 70% maybe 65% drama and then the other percentile comedy. I like that you can pull numbers
1: out of it, but I I'm just saying like in in your estimation, could you see this as a comedy?
0: I would never say, "Oh, did you see the comedy Green Book?" So no. So it's not a comedy at all. I don't I don't feel like it is I feel like it's a film that has funny moments in it but okay. I would I would never be like, oh man, what good comedies came out okay, okay. would you would you if, if you said oh I would what say are... this
1: is a comedy to me this is a comedy really yeah, this is a comedy I think we have different definitions of what a comedy is but I think and my my bigger point here is that if you're gonna do a comedy, a buddy road trip comedy, about two people traveling the South, you know. Then I think you have to be profound about it. You have to have something really amazing to say. about Are you the- saying
0: w- like one of these that deals with the issues that this movie tries to deal with, yeah. or just in general?
1: I think in general, if you're going to deal with 1962 on the road but in that, the South
0: with Don Shirley, but that's dealing with <laughs> with actual real life heavy issues. What I'm saying is, you're saying I'm saying, it, does everybody comedy have to? have that why would I gravitas? Say every, why would I say everybody comedy? You I'm just sa- did. I'm say- I mean, I'm you literally just we can provide okay, okay, the okay, tape. Okay, okay,
1: listen to what I'm saying. Okay. What I'm saying here is if you are gonna do a film about traveling to the South with Dr. Don Shirley yes. and do and do a film about the Green Book. And and have him and a white guy traveling through doing this sort of goofy buddy comedy, which is what I think it is. You better have something really profound to say, right? And I'm saying this film basically says we need to come together, which is a message I've heard before, and I you know am not that excited by. I don't think it's a bad message, and I don't think the movie does it badly. But I'm just saying if you're gonna do that, if you don't, if you want to make it, you, you know, if you want to do this film, if you're Peter Farrelly, a guy who's built his career up on doing. You know, Dumb and Dumber, and those kinds of movies, and you want to make the switch into this kind of movie, you better have something
0: really profound sure. to say. And I and- agree. I agree with everything you said. What I was <laughs> rallying yeah. against was you did say the statement you believe everybody comedy has to have something very important to say. That is not what I said. And, it and, is. And, and, but no, no, hold on. I think you misinterpreted what I said. What I said was if
1: you're doing a buddy comedy. About going to the South with Don Shirley and doing it as you said as, that eventually, yeah. yes, and uh-huh. I
0: agree, and I agree. I, so <laughs> it's just it was just a matter of sort of I, I jumped on something probably before you finished or something like that. So okay. I was reacting to a a the the very first statement when I should have been listening to the entire thing. Okay.
1: All right, and that's and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're gonna do this, you should do it. Like, and 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 the film that comes to mind when I think about this is a film called Four Lions. I don't know if you've ever seen that. New. Four Lions is a is a incredibly masterful uh, comedy about terrorism, and it's the idea that terrorism as a concept could be funny and the, the thing that's amazing about that film is it's hysterically funny and it's profoundly weird and strange and twists our view on what we know about it uh what we could think about terrorism and and i'm just saying if you're gonna do a film about racism that's in this mold this kind of road trip thing and driving miss daisy already exists then it needs to be kind of profound Right, like it needs to do something pretty big. At this point, yes.
0: The only, and again, I can, I can, mm-hmm. I agree. But the only devil's advocate point that I can possibly make is that the reason this, well, uh, how do I put it? Mm-hmm. It's the, the, it's the reason why you said you kind of didn't want to see it in the first place was right. the, this has been a message that you've heard from this perspective yeah. time and time again.
1: And the idea that we're doing it because white people need to not be racist anymore. That to me seems like a sucky reason to do it.
0: Sure, but uh, I'm I'm trying to think of I've tried to, God with with uh, with uh, some people back home I've tried to think of ways to do that uh, in a not sucky way. Right. Uh, but oftentimes you are batting for the lowest common denominator. And should we have to do it? No. But uh, and but then at the same time, you know. And again, this is not the only way to combat this. Uh, it's just like is the is the alternative then, I don't know. It's just, it's something and, that's... And, and I'm
1: just going to say this here. Like, yeah. I'm, I I don't know a lot about Don Shirley. I, I'm not going to pretend like I know more about Don Shirley. I'm introduced to Don Shirley for the, from this movie. Sure. Right? I listened to some music of his before I went in to see the movie because I knew it was about it, so I kind of wanted to acquaint myself with his music. Uh, but I don't know a lot about the man. And I'm saying... If you're going to introduce this character who is like this remarkable human being, this extraordinary human being, do we need to do it at the benefit of like making white people understand racism?
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying that was the problematic part is yeah. the fact that it was a real person.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that's that's. I I I think I'm sounding harsher than I am than I actually feel about this film. No, I think film. I think you're saying sounding
0: appropriately harsh. I don't know think...
1: because I because the film I think is actually just fine.
0: Well, I mean, look, we yeah. can we can uh, and we, we should, I guess. I mean, I think the performances are great. I think the cinematography is serviceable. I think the music. I think the sound mixing actually was very very good. I I was curious about the the choice of music, which I felt very much
1: was Tony's music. Despite being in a film about a musician,
0: you uh, know what I mean? I don't, I mean, you're talking about other than... Other than when we heard Don Shirley performing. Oh, I, only, I, I only remember Don Shirley's There music. was a lot of, like,
1: doo-wop hits, for, like, right at the beginning, and I felt like we're, we're in Tony's world, oh, and I, I, I kind of was like, oh, this is a movie about about a musician, yet it's sort of fairly traditionally, you know, scored in that zone, and I, I, you know, I just sort of saw that as a little bit like, mm, okay, cool. Um,
0: Yeah, what I'm saying. Well, again, I was saying mixing, not not soundtrack. Fair enough. Um, I just thought the way that they sort of jumped in and out of his music was very, very good. I (laughs) think uh, there was a lot of sound cues that I sort of like. I don't know. I I enjoyed uh, the the very sort of small nuances of scenes that had this was good. The sound mixing was and sound design, I guess, was was good. the, you know, I even I've said to you while we were watching it, I always forget that, you know, I like Vigo Mortensen. He's one of those people that I'm like, I never think about. And then when I see him and stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's great. Um, M- Mahesh-
1: and, you know, the other thing is Mahashala Ali really does own this role. He has got a commanding presence. You know, I'm, I think I remember when we talked about Moonlight, um, the scene where Mahashala Ali breaks in, you know, like yeah. basically opens the wall is like, I think, one of the most erotic images I've seen in a film. It is like powerfully um, you know, powerfully substantially erotic. He's, he's just got this incredible presence where I completely understand
0: why he's a screen. It's maker. erotic? Yeah,
1: it's erotic. Erotic doesn't just mean like naked, if that's what well,
0: doesn't it have an intrinsic sexual.
1: Yeah, component? it does. And in, and for that young character who's seeing uh the boy, the man oh, who he's modeled himself on, yes, yes, you know, yes. I think it is an incredibly Copy erotically that. charged image. Um the and I think I think Mahashala Ali is an incredible screen performer. He is oh, absolutely. He, he commands the screen and the thing that was cool about it is that uh Vigo Morgenstein, character seemed intimidating at the beginning of the film. That's like his entire MO and then when Mashallah Ali comes on screen and Don Shirley comes on screen, he's diminished, not just visually, but he kind of acts more diminished. Yeah. And I think that's like a really cool you know trade-off
0: in the film. Something this movie does do well is it shows different types of power and where that power comes from and what limits certain powers have. Right. Um, you could, I, you know, we're sort of getting into a, a bit of spoiler territory, but you, you know, you have the moment of when uh, Tony kicks the guy out of the Copa and you realize he's the big, strong guy that no one fucks with. Okay, yeah. cool. Then you have the moment where he goes um, and, and meets um, uh, with the Don's name. Don Shirley? No, no, no. no. Oh, um the Don the, the I don't know what his name is. Oh, was, I but guess the, the character they, doesn't have uh <laughs> the and then he's sort of uh a little bit sort of cat like he's a little bit sort of uh intimidated there, but in a different way than when he goes to meet Don Shirley. Yeah. Uh the and then as as sort of they get into their their tribulations on the road, sometimes uh and, and I think this is a little bit imbalanced, but the sometimes uh Tony has the upper hand in situations sometimes Don does depending yeah. on what what they're dealing with or what level of things they're dealing with um so I thought that was sort of interesting of the film um here, here's one thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I? Kind oh of... no, I was just gonna say uh, the last thing. Just on the acting, a little bit. Linda Cardellini needs to start getting some roles that are not. Uh, what is, the I, I
1: know the face. I don't know the. So she
0: was originally in Freaks and Geeks. Okay. Um, and she has done a couple comedies. She was actually in Grandma's Boy, and she was very funny in that. But then, um, she was also, uh, she's just been doing Housewives <laughs> for a while, and I'm just like. She's so, she's so good. She could do like a bunch of different stuff. She's done a bunch of different stuff, and I was just like, "Oh, cool. She's she's the wife." Um, I think one
1: thing that I think is, and, and when I say you know, I think when I said uh, it needs to be profound, you know, if you're going to do this, is the scene that I kind of was like mm, humming and hiring about uh, most was fried chicken. Yeah, that was you know fried chicken. Fried chicken is is. And, and this is where the 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 situation of having uh, people of color behind the work, I think, and and I don't know how Mahershala Ali felt about this scene, or how it was pitched to him, or how he delivered it, either. But fried chicken is a very potent image for African American people. It is uh, is an image that has been derided against them uh, for many years. It is an image of uh, of post colonialist racism, yeah. you know, uh, and and it's a really tricky one, you know, to the point I've. African American friends who like they don't want to eat fried chicken in public. You know? Yeah, like, of course. Yeah, because because of that association. And I think if you're gonna do a scene where a white guy is teaching a black guy about fried chicken, I think you need to be aware of that connotation. And I think you need to do something with it other than just have it. Now the 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 Shirley family has uh, you know, repudiated this film fairly, fairly publicly, and said that they think it's a symphony of lies is, is the way they described uh-huh. it. And they and some of the things they said is, the, the, is that you know Don Shirley was a man, was an activist, was well connected to his family, was very aware of the African American experience, uh, and would know you know the the historical import of fried chicken and wouldn't understand it. And to have to have. A character teaching him about fried chicken. I'm like, you gotta really gotta do something with that. And I'm not sure this
0: film. Well, I don't even. Here's the thing. I, that was one of the scenes where I was just like, why is this fucking here? Yeah. Uh, it it added nothing, for me. Right. Uh, I don't think it added anything. I, I like, you know, there you, are, know what,
1: you know what I did like is is later on when he went to a, when he went to a performance and they brought fried chicken out.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that
1: seems. But it was a punchline at that point. Um. Because because Tony looks at him and goes, Nah, see what I'm saying? Fried chicken.
0: This movie has a lot of things where Tony thinks something is a punchline, and the audience knows it's not. Right. Um. That's one of those moments. I didn't have a problem with that moment as uh, as what it was trying to do in the film. Mm. I think the the teaching of the fried chicken in the car is. trite and kind of stupid uh i i it, it the more uh you know you're you're teaching me about like the different things that are coming about about this movie and i'm sure we'll talk more about this you know next week uh it just leads me to believe like well if that's true like why do it like it's really kind of shitty um like it, there's no reason you couldn't make this movie and have it not be about real people and then you not only would you have more leeway to maybe go farther or do things that uh could be more effective yeah but you also aren't tarnishing a legacy or changing a or, uh, thing or making someone seem better than they were like there's just, like I get, don't get me wrong. I get the uh, the monetary producerial, like based on a true story, like bleh, like advertising shit that you can do with something like this. So I, I understand the the monetary reason why this was done. Yeah. Um, but from an artistic perspective, I'm just sort of like.
1: Well, here's the thing. Nick Villalonga is the son of Tony, Tony Lip. And and he says that, you know, he he witnessed their friendship over the years and and felt like, you know, and he heard this story being told to them directly. And he wanted to he felt that it would make a good movie. Um, and um, the thing is, I, I believe he didn't contact the family about it. and And this is why the film is from Tony's point of view. Um, and he didn't, he didn't. contact Don's family about it. I mean, Don's family are pretty vocal about a lot of things in this movie. Now, again, that, that sort of meta text, paratext outside of the film. But I think it's. I think it's interesting to note because of my reaction to the film. Again, I think the film is actually kind of fine. It's. It's fine. You know what I mean? Like I. I'm not. I'm not uh, super imp- moved by it, but I think it. I think it. It does well what it sets out to do. I just think what it sits out to do could have been rethought a little bit. And that, just, and that and and that in itself is problematic because I'm talking about the film that I think I wanted to see, not necessarily the film I saw. It's just that I've oh, seen that... Oh, that can't be problematic for you now. Well, yeah, now that I've seen a bunch no, of films like this. No, no, I'm
0: just saying that you've, you've in the past, had told me you were disappointed about the movie because it wasn't the one you wanted to see before. I don't think that's a problem for it. That's just sort of how you react to it, which I think is fine. Um, but I... Oh, sorry, guy. I was just gonna say, um, it's it it becomes a matter of, and I've said this before when when it Mm. comes to sort of uh, meandering in quality films about very strong topics, Mm. what it comes down to for me, and again, I I hate to sort of God uh, bring it down to sort of a a math equation or numbers or whatever, Mm. but that's kind of how my brain works. Is 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 Green Book the film? Uh, based on a lot of the stuff we've talked about, doing more harm or doing more good? To be honest, after all the stuff you've talked about and the film I've watched and um, the things that I, you know, even you know, back and forth of the the pros and cons of it existing in its current form, I would argue that it is slightly uh, causing more harm than it is good. Um based on the thing that I said and the thing that you said and the which, which the thing I said was it's told literally to make white people feel good and the thing that you said um about um we've seen a million of these before why should we be continuing to try to make white people feel better and then the the thing about all of the uh stories and things that you've talked about in the historical context of it uh, sort of ways against it as well. Uh so th- then we get into sort of the ever-present discussion of the nominations for the film and or why. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean I'll tell you why it's nominated it's a movie about race that makes white people feel good. <laughs> uh that's and again it is a it the quality of the film as you've said as we've both sort of said is good. It's fine. Like yeah. from a from a filmmaking perspective they did it. Yeah. Um, it's
1: not, you know, like we we ragged on, and I I mean I really ragged on Bohemian Rhapsody, and I think this is no Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, no, no, no. Bo- this Bohemian... is a competently
0: made film. Yeah. Uh that in no way feels disjointed. It tells the story it wants to tell adequately. At some points, in some scenes, I would say actually very well. Right. Um, but no, Bohemian Rhapsody felt like <laughs> <laughs> it did. I mean, that was it, it's an honor just to get across the finish line at that point. Um But like do I think that this in this film deserves to be in the same category as the favorite Black Panther, even a Star Is bored? Black Klansman, Black Klansman? If Beale Street could talk, if uh, oh, no, Beale Street didn't get it the best, no, part. no, no. And I actually, I you know, uh, anyway, it just it doesn't make sense to me. But then again, <laughs> if Bohemian Rhapsody is there, Bohemian Rhapsody is there, then. I'd rather this, but like it. it, This is. (laughs) I'm gonna say. I'm. I'm just dropping revelations. Uh, The Oscars is all about money and advertising, and they mean nothing. (laughs) Uh, You except when it happens to swing on the side of what I would call progressiveness or goodness or however you want to call it, uh, and then they can use that advertising to then make more uh, quality. Content, uh, but it's it's a big advertising campaign, right? And uh, you know, it's so funny. I, I, you know, we do a movie podcast, so we have to talk about the Oscars. But I would be a hundred percent fine not. Yeah, I'm. I'm always fine with not not discussing the. Oscars. I,
1: I look again. My thing is, I, I think the film is fine. I really do. I, I I don't think it's it's. I think if you walk into this movie, um, you know, and spend your money you haven't wasted your money. I think there is a historical precedent that this film is playing in that it doesn't contribute to very effectively. It does. It doesn't, it doesn't advance the cause. It doesn't, you know, change. I don't think it's going to change minds in ways that other films have or haven't in the past before. And I think, you know, to a lesser extent, um, it, it's, it's interesting to me that, that this film is about Tony and not, this extraordinary man. Yeah. You know what I mean? But whatever. I, I think the the, the 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 reason I think that that occurs is that, you know, the the film was written by Tony Sun. And why wouldn't he make, you know, the story, the perspective that he knows foregrounded over anything else? And I think the reason that that happens is that perhaps for a person who would retweet about Donald Trump's Muslims, you know, were cheering in New Jersey, if, if a person was, you know, went to, to enough to the trouble to do that kind of thing, they might not be a person who is as aware as you would want them to be
0: about the importance of this kind of story sure but also filmmaking is a collaborative as we all know effort right so there are multiple times that many people in this pro- in this process could have tried to tweak or do things or da 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 i mean you know I, th- I i i can see why this film got made
1: i'm sure on paper it's like, oh my God, they went on this trip. There's the green book. There's this guy, Don Shirley. There's this, there's racism that we're gonna like overcome. I can see it on
0: and paper. That though is where I actually agree with you even more about the. This is that that part of it, that pitch you just did, is yeah. such well-worn territory. Yeah. Like, and, but then again, now mm. again, oh my God, I, the, the I, I'm, I'm, I, we're I really I, pinballing you around on this I one. Right? I can't. I can't stop. Uh, you might as well just call me Nostradamus because i am now just going to blow your mind with another prediction uh hollywood will keep making films that have already been made
1: <laughs> because
0: they make money <laughs> right yeah i it, it uh, it's a
1: it you know and it, i don't i don't see why this one would, wouldn't get made and i think i think i think I don't even think there's a problem with making this film, like this story of Tony and Don going on the road. I just think that if maybe a few more people of color or or maybe some people who had really thought about what this story means and how it's going to affect people yeah. and how it could affect people and the, the historical precedence of films like this, if there was someone who thought about those things maybe a little more clearly, I think we could have gotten... Uh, a really interesting thing. Sure, sure, instead sure, Instead sure, of, sure. Uh, you know, like something that when I saw what the film was about, I, you know, like, I, can you say when you watch the film that you were surprised by anything that happened in it?
0: No, but here's where I think we will disagree. Mm. Um, or maybe not, but maybe in this particular case, I don't know. I don't need to be surprised by a film. Right. I don't need to be. Right. Um it's it's nice when it happens, depending on what the film is. Right. But like, for instance, uh, I, this is a different type of non-surprise, but it's, it's I guess it, you could consider it the same. Again, I went to go see Escape Room. The, right. the sort you mentioned of mentioned that on two podcasts. Uh, and, and, now. and I still think you should go see Escape Room. <laughs> yeah. It was such a fucking good time. But I knew exactly what I was getting when, when I went in there. Yeah. There was not a surprise in there that I did not figure out, and I just let it wash over me, and it was lovely. So I don't think I need... A surprise in my film hmm. um do i think that th- again like we've even talked about i i, I think maybe surprise is the word i'm getting hung up, hung, hung up on this film is doing a thing that other films did before it mm-hmm. um other films have tackled the subject matter better mm-hmm. um the interesting case between this and say a bohemian rhapsody mm-hmm. is there's one or two scenes in this in green book that um I I really found myself enjoying, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a couple scenes in Bohemia in Bohemian Rhapsody that I that I actually re- very much enjoyed, but one is a train wreck, mm. <laughs> and one is just an okay film that's kind of batting outside of its depth. So take um,
1: it. I I guess I would I would answer that, or I would ask the question here. Take yourself out of you for a second. And take yourself into the position of someone listening to this podcast who wants to know what what a critical response to this film, how how a critical response to this film would work, and whether that you know, and how they could think about this movie. Take take your response of I kind of enjoyed it and I wasn't surprised by it, and 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 does that apply if you if someone is listening to this, you know, and, and and trying to think about this film critically? Does it matter if they're surprised or not? yeah or or does the fact that you don't think that that it matters
0: if you weren't surprised. It depends
1: on what f- type of film they're going in for. Right, but that, I can't but,
0: judge what a person is, wants to go see.
1: No, but you can you can inform a, I mean you're 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 use, you have a literal microphone in front of you to Oh, are to we produce, explaining how uh, reviews work? How That's reviews great. work?
0: Yeah. Uh no, what I'm saying is it all depends on uh, what I'm learning, especially it going 199 episodes into this. It's mm-hmm. not as simple as, "Oh, I can go down the list and be like, you should see this or you shouldn't see this." Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes you can because Mm. of variants and things like that this is a film that despite its uh as we've all sort of said averageness has enough complexities in its in its characters in its topic matter in the history it's based on that i don't think that whether or not i was surprised by it plays in at all right uh or should honestly play in for anybody right um I think you should weigh in all of the sort of things we've said beforehand. I don't think a matter of uh, a film painting by the numbers in a film that I kind of felt was going to paint by the numbers anyway, it didn't defy my expectations uh, in a good or bad way, so it doesn't even come into the conversation. What's more important to me is what I feel like weighing all of the stuff that we've talked about before, and then you can decide for yourself, because, again, because it is such a – it's an okay movie – right you've even said it's yeah, all right I, you don't just, even you don't even find it that uh, offensive it's just sort of it's there i, I don't think it's an offensive movie okay yeah. so in that case you would then say using your critical reviewer hat i'm guessing and you mm-hmm. could tell me if i'm wrong that people probably shouldn't see it because it's not uh doing anything fresh and it doesn't really deal with any, like all the stuff you basically said leads me to believe you would say nah eh, skip it yeah right <laughs> i'm saying uh it's it's at such a a middle point for me as well. Mm-hmm. Middle points for me are very rarely an ah eh, skip it. Right. It's it actually you need to take more sort of as as a as a listener to the show or as a movie goer in general. You have to take a lot of the information, a lot of which you just told me mm-hmm. um, that I didn't know before, uh, and you have to sort of weigh that because we can't go against something like oh my god this film is so good or or oh, this is trash. It's. It's, it's too close at that point. So it all depends on how much the aspects that we have just discussed affect the person. And that's how – I, I, I can't say go see it or don't go see it because right. I don't know exactly – because there's no strong enough point in there to nail my opinion to intrinsically. Right. Okay. Um, I guess... That's that's why I like our... This is a, mm-hmm. sort of a tangent, too. That's why I like discussing movies with you and in general and on this forum is because it's not just... A page and a half written thing telling you whether or not you should see the thing. Right. It's a discussion, and then it sort of lets our audience. I mean, yeah, we know, and I and I you know what I mean.
1: I agree with that as well. I agree with the point that like we we don't review films in the traditional sense. We are in. We want to engage with the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I've always said. Is we we should be engaging in the conversation that the film provokes. Um, I guess, I guess where I come down to that is I'm I'm not sure how you feel about the movie. Other than it's middling, right? And I, I think may, is that how you feel about them?
0: I think we, I, I, yeah, I, yeah uh, over. Because yeah. again, if I do the sort of, uh, <laughs> I'll call yeah. it movie math in my brain. Yeah. Uh, I come back with a sort of like it's okay. Yeah. Um, and again, I do think uh, for me mm-hmm. personally, if I had to do the numbers, I think it does a little more harm overall out of all of the things we've discussed than good. Mm-hmm. Um. It, I was before we had this discussion, I was a little more 50-50 about it. Mm-hmm. Um and I was a little more hopeful after seeing it They're like, oh, maybe it did some of it right. And I think it did do some of the things I wanted it to do from the trailer, yeah. but also learning the sort of problematicness around it is uh is disheartening. So um I think Yeah, again, I I, I personally I I think that there if it. Here's the deal. Okay. If you want a buddy comedy, there's better movies for that. Mm. If you want uh striking social commentary on racism or or certain time periods, there's better movies for that. If you want historical accuracy about fantastic people that once lived, there's better movies for that. Um I think if You saw, and this kind of falls into where I was, if you saw a trailer for a movie that looked remotely interesting and then you went and saw it, not knowing sort of any of the things that we've sort of discussed outside of the film, you'd be like, oh, that was all right. Mm. Um, At a very non-critical level. Right. I think, uh, and it's kind of both the same and the opposite problem of Bohemian Rhapsody, where it's like, no, it's the same problem. If you don't think about it, it's okay, but you should think about it. Right. And and actually no, it's a different problem because Bohemian Rhapsody I was watching and I didn't think about it until the end. This movie I was thinking about it in by it meaning like the the, the topic matter of, of what I thought the movie was trying to do and failing. Yeah. Uh I was very apparent of it throughout my entire watching. The the fried <laughs> chicken seed in particular was a moment where I was like, Oh, this is still here and was here in the beginning and I was like, Oh god. Yeah.
1: Um I think another scene like that is 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 kind of the climax of the film, but it's or or leading up to the crescendo of the film, which is when uh, Tony says he's more he's blacker than Don Shirley uh, you know, and he knows more about the African-American experience than Don Shirley because right. he knows about fried chicken and living on the streets and uh, and I think you know it's it's problematic. it is problematic, but i I, I don't think it's like I don't think this film was outwardly misguided, as in I don't think it's outwardly out trying to harm. I think I think the intentions are good. I think the complexities of the world are outweighing this, and I think and I think this is the case of again Nick uh, Valongo doing this film, you know, which is that I think his intentions are right. I just think that this is an important topic to a lot of people, and it reflects upon a very interesting time that we're in here. And if you're gonna do it. You should really do it. And and then my final point about this is the reason why we're having this conversation at all is that this film won Best Drama at the at the Golden Globes. Right. And has been nominated for Best Picture. And I think and I think that unfortunately does harm to a fairly inoffensive film like this. I think this is a this is a a perfectly acceptable movie. It's a perfectly good, you know, like, you know, rented rent it on iTunes kind of movie, or or you know, see it if, if it's available to you kind of movie. But because it's being exalted into this place, I think that and, and this place of being at the at the Oscars, you know, the Oscars does signify something whether we want it to or not. And it is it is an important cultural touchstone in every film-going year, and it means something. And so I think putting this in that conversation unfortunately does harm to what I think is an inoffensive film by exposing the problematic areas of this film. And that's, and that's where I come down on this movie.
0: And I think, uh, uh, you know, while you said I think, you know, the you know, good intentions and all that, you know, you know what they say about that road that leads to hell? Uh it, it's that But I don't think racism is bad is a is a problematic thing, no. right? Again, <laughs> if you if you fast food film it, no, it's yeah. not. Uh yeah. that message is fine. Uh but again, I think there's I think the fact that this movie Again, no. I'm sorry. I'm just going to restate the whole thing. So I'm just. I'm not going to bother. I think if you want to look at it from the percentages of my perspective, it does slightly more harm than it does good overall. Okay. Um, that's not to say that while I was watching it, I didn't enjoy watching it. But at the end of the day, I think my final verdict of it is: it's a movie designed to make white people feel good, (laughs) and uh, there's a lot of those. Yeah. Uh, And I don't need. uh, (laughs) I. I don't know. Uh. Interest, it's an interesting
1: conversation. I think, I think this, uh, along with Bohemian Rhapsody and the lineup of Best Picture nominees, exposes the thing that I think has been, that I think you know, really, I would say, the Me Too movement has really been integral in doing, which is saying that we do need to think about representation we do need to think about how films are made and we do need to real acknowledge that films matter and, and this
0: feels like mm. and i hate to bring up this term so late in the podcast cuz we, we we you know we've been going for about an hour mm. this is a classic oscar Beatty movie mm.
1: i i really i dislike that phrase i so know you do i did and i dislike it because it's so Dismissive of
0: everyone who worked on the film. Sure, it's entirely dismissive of all. Well, those people. Well, no, it's dismissive and of the producers and the people that backed it financially. That's what it kind of is because right. the but, people but, but are still doing about the craft. That. So, so you're just talking about the producers and the studio. I'm talking about the reason why. If you back up, sort of the reason why the film was made, not how the film was made. Right. Um, and I and I so to, to to sort of to that point, I think it kind of reiterates something that
1: I said, which is that. If this film wasn't nominated for an Oscar, if it didn't win Golden, you know the Golden Globes thing, I think it is a sort of perfectly charming, you know, like somewhat charming, interesting look back at a period that isn't necessarily often shown in film, and you know, and I think that that is fine. But it is now elevated into a position where uh, it takes the place uh, of other films, and it and it, it it gets introduced into a list that is that is the you know. Uh, the important list of the year. If you're
0: going to be batting in the big leagues, you better make sure that your game Mm -hmm. is tight and that you don't have any problems in your entire sort of structure unless you apparently are the president of the United States. Any other, any Mm -hmm. other section apparently... Will you will and rightfully so? When you get to a big league, you will be scrutinized, and the entirety of you, or the project, or the art will be scrutinized because more eyeballs means more judgment, and a lot of times, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I uh, I think if you're if you're watching this and and you're listening to it, or if you're watching
1: the film, <laughs> oh, you're gonna learn racism is bad, okay, and uh, and that's cool. That's cool.
0: It's it's cool because racism is bad. Because okay. you cannot be racist. <laughs> That's why the message is cool. Well, me? No, yeah, you. No, the, the viewer. That's <laughs> yeah. what again, it's literally trying to make white people feel okay. It's like, "Hey, are you a little bit racist? Guess what? Everyone's a person. You don't have to
1: be <laughs> in, in 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 that vein." Uh, and I'm going to uh do I think there's a film, there's a documentary on Netflix that I think if you're interested in this topic. Uh, in a more modern context, um, there is a documentary that I uh, I was just thinking about recently, and I watched it earlier this year, and I've forgotten the name of it. But I believe it starts with White. Um, is is a It's a documentary about a uh, a woman who uh, basically follows a white supremacist group for uh, uh, I think leading up to the Charlottesville march, and she is a woman of color, um, and she begins to have conversations with these white supremacists about like death threats that she was received being a person of color who is mm-hmm. following white supremacists and what she found is that over time most of the white supremacists that she dealt with directly lift the groups that they were part of just because right. of like their interaction yeah we, and, we and had, I, yeah and I think that documentary which I'm I'm just I'm I apologize so so much uh Right now, I'm 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 furiously trying to Google uh, Google it as we go. Um, Oh, here it is. Um, The film is called White Right: Meeting the Enemy and Jihad: The Story of Others. Mm -hmm. I think that is more complex. It is a documentary, and it is like you know dealing with real issues that we have right now.
0: Um, But I think you know like that's doing what this film does. And this is the thing. And I will go back. And again, I don't think this is. Uh, outweighs the other things that this film does poorly or, or, or adding to a negative conversation more than it does help. Yeah. But like, the thing that I was sort of saying in the beginning and maybe this documentary or the fact that this documentary exists and does it better <laughs> highlights something. People that have the problem that need the, the a, a kick in the face very blatantly that racism is bad are the people that don't often think that they are racist and won't go see a documentary like that, where they might go see this and accidentally become a better person. Again, I'm not mm-hmm. saying this is. I, I'm I'm saying that is one sort of angle where, and I don't even think that was the the idea that they'd it stupid people to not be racist. But like, uh I think that is a a um um not accidental a tertiary. Uh, possibility yeah. if I'm looking for uh, a little bit of a silver lining or turning some frowns upside down. So, anyway. I think we turned some frowns upside down in this episode. I'm sure we did. Uh, Zoe is very vocal. Um, um, we, we're, uh...
1: episode 199 199
0: 199, this has been the only podcast about the film Green Book not Green Room though we do have that episode too and you can go back and listen to it what number was that oh I'm not gonna know that I I thought you had a database we're at 199 Shahir when you are not being infuriated uh when you no, let me rephrase. When you are not being baited by me using the term Oscar base, <laughs> where can folks
1: find you? Uh you can see me pitching my movie about two best friends learning to solve racism on my website at ww.shaheerdow.com. Uh Matt, when you are not going after producers and studios for just wanting that that hard, solid Oscar gold, uh where can people find you? I could have thought of I mean you could call it shiny. You could call it.
0: Uh, no, no. 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 I, I when
1: something so phallic needs to
0: be cool. Full barred. of chocolate. Yeah. Uh, you could find me polishing up. Get that my acceptance yeah. speech at m a t t h e w k r o l dot for my life and works. Also, Skeletor on the number four p r e z on Instagram or Emperor M S K on Twitter. As always, you can find me uh, as well, uh, narrating and show running extra credits on YouTube. Oh, we're dropping lots of good stuff. We're just finishing up the Sun Yat sen series, uh, along with some stuff on Celtic myth. So check all that out. Not the Celtics? Not, not the, the Celtics. Not it's not, not Celtic, Celtic myth. Not nothing about Larry Bird. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> okay. S- sadly. Uh, maybe one day. The dream. Uh, I love sport. Uh, anyway, yeah, we'll see you next week for episode. 200. 200. Last got, time got, we wore tuxes and had just Tucker and, and Red Charzin on. Um, you know what? For 100. Go back and revisit that. You know what,
1: Matt? I got 199 episodes and uh, I'm about to get one more. But what? Yeah, that didn't work.